Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Now, what are some of the other solutions that other people might be considering? Do you know, it's a good question. Um, other people, like I said, who are doing Panny UFBA and are stuck with their UK business and the seven uh, VAT registrations that they already have are coming up against the brick wall of um, not being able to find a German warehouse. Now, that might not be the case in France or Belgium or the Netherlands or any other country, but we're struggling to find a German warehouse that will take your inventory if you're a UK company. And the reason for that is to do with the, the cut, uh, you know, the disconnection between um, you being a UK company with UK VAT as the importer of record. You have to be a European uh... company with a European VAT number so even if they were able to find a warehouse in Germany to take their inventory, the problem is they're not part of the EU in terms of their business. And so it's, uh, that's a mess. So there's no way to really like build them and kind of deal with that. And the warehouse doesn't want any part of that because they're like, I don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to. So in that case, it's, if you're wanting to move your inventory out of the UK, you almost need to establish a different business and maybe button up all the different, if you had all these VAT registrations under the UK business, it's like you almost need to kind of button that up at the end of the and kind of redo yeah. everything on the EU side if you're wanting to keep all of your sales going. Wow. Yeah, that that, is, that sounds like fun. That is <laughs> going to make anyone with uh, anyone groan. Um, so, look, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't discovered all the pitfalls of trying to continue to operate as a UK company. I made a decision when I discovered a couple early on that I was going to find an alternative solution rather than get myself caught up in knots over yeah. the workaround and there will eventually I imagine be a workaround uh, you know one one would expect so um, and those but, people that want to try this Estonia thing do you <laughs> do you the Estonia thing um do you have a good resource like should they just google yeah. it or no 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 a... I I'm so one of the things I'm busy setting up for the whole of the scale for retail community so I'd be happy to offer it to you is you know, who's the warehouse, who's the freight forwarder, who's the company formation expert. Um, and obviously, I, I, you know, I'm doing it so that I can figure it out for myself. But then I want to be able to share it with the community because this is going to be hard without not sharing. Do you know what I mean? And there could potentially be a lot of people trying to take advantage too, right? Like how Indeed. many times in the US, we have a ton of issues where um, after you form an entity or even after you register a trademark, you'll get all these letters in the mail from different lawyers and stuff that are like yeah. saying, oh, you might have to fight this and you might. And so the potential for scammers in this situation is pretty high because people wanting to take advantage of 
you know, all these businesses, like it, you could get some vultures. So it's good that you've already gone through it and you can go, okay, I can trust this person. But also before you, you share, you want to make sure they have the resources in right. place to yes. help. Right. Yeah. I always try to vet providers myself before I share them, but then I also make sure that it's going to be the same result for other people that use that service. And it's not just like a me thing. Oh yeah, they can handle me. But if I send yeah. them the drove people, you know, then they're going to still be okay. And it's going to be a good resource. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have to put my hand on my heart when I recommend anyone. Uh, that's yeah. just the way I operate. Um, and I'll be honest, because it's such a work in progress, I'm not quite, I mean, some people have come to me and said, who have you used? And I've said, look, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm happy to pass that over because you're taking action quickly like me. And I appreciate that. But do your own research. Don't, right. yeah. don't just rely <laughs> on this one. And, and I've spoken to about five or six different Estonian company formation experts. And one of the things that you do when you do that is you discover what somebody really knows versus what somebody might position themselves in, in as as knowing. Uh, and you can really dig a little bit deeper. Oh, look, hello to the cat. Um, <laughs> and she's crying too. She's the... She's the worst cat. I, I she earns her keep because she's very photogenic, you know. And as you guys know, I have a a company that's very um, you know cat centric. Yes. But uh, but yeah, she's the worst cat. She will sit on my lap and bite me. Like really? she's she's super mean. Yes, she's really mean. And you know, but she's very photogenic. And my other ones are like, eh no, mom, I'm not taking pictures of products today. That's not happening. Right. So, you know, <laughs> so I'm grateful for her because she earns her keep, but, <laughs> but she sure likes to be on camera. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cool. So in terms of timing, let's just talk yes. about timing real quick. So it looks like people have some options. They need to figure out what they're going to do, whether it's, you know, are, they really don't have a choice if they want to keep selling in the rest of Europe, they need to figure something out because yes. they are not going to be able to just keep the UK based company and do that. So they, they kind of need to figure that out. And now they're going to be able to keep selling in UK yeah. with that company all day long. And some people may choose to do that. They might run the numbers and they might already have really solid sales in the UK and they might go, Oh, this doesn't affect me. I'm not worried about sending my inventory to Germany or, or Spain or what any of the other European countries, right? So that's one option. The other option is, okay, figure out how to set up a European-based business so that you're able to move your inventory without the warehouse in Germany going, uh, no, you're not a European business. You're a UK business. We're not taking right. you, right? Yeah. So how about timing? I know Amazon's provided some information, but you're getting ahead of the power curve. And this whole Brexit thing is supposed to like officially be like in stone as of January, right? The first of the year. Right. Um, but what about, what about timing? So when do you think people should kind of aim to have this set up if they're wanting to keep selling outside of the UK in the other European countries? Well, Amazon have said that they will not continue the EFN program. Um, they they only notified us of this this week. I thought I had until the end of the month, but 
they're going to stop shipping your product on the 18th of December, which if you think about it probably makes sense because it's seven days before Christmas and it's probably going to be too tight to get to your customer. Um, so effectively, that's when they stop the EFN program. And they've given us another date of the 20 something of December when you have to have your inventory out of um, any fulfillment centers uh, if you're on the PAN-EU FBA program. So, but um, because you can't is... use your UK company to uh, sell, I think. Okay, in so that only applies to UK companies. So, for example, right. if you're using PAN-EU yes. and you you have a European company, it doesn't matter. You're good no. to go. But yes. if you have a UK-based company, you have to get your inventory out of PAN-EU unless you set up a European-based company, register the new company, transfer everything over. Well, there's the difficulty. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't seem... Yeah. No, you. in theory, yes, that's exactly what you need to do. And I'm so delighted I'm easy to understand. Um, <laughs> but there is one little niggle here that hasn't been sorted out by Amazon. So when you set up your, and this probably only applies to the Brits, but it may apply to Americans. So when you first set up your European um, Amazon account and if you use your UK company to set it up, like I did, mm -hmm. even though I set up my account in America first, I'm a Brit, I, I only have a UK company. So I used a UK company to set it up. Um, I, But I'm not on the PAN-EU FBA program, so to some extent it's probably neither here nor there, but um, I... I will have a European company and I will ship into Germany using my European company and Amazon will distribute through EFN, even though I don't have a German company on Amazon because I've shipped it legitimately into Germany. And so far they haven't quite connected the dots and said, oh, I must have Shelley's European company name. And I must have that registered on the Amazon platform. Mm. And that's the one thing that a lot of Brits are really running scared about. And I'm a bit relaxed. And the reason I'm relaxed is because they will eventually connect the dots. And at the moment, it doesn't stop me from proceeding with my plan. And they know who I am anyway. Um, and the, so a lot of people are saying to me, well, should I set up a second Amazon account now for my German, France, Italy, blah, blah. Mm. And the answer is no, you can't. Of course you can't because Amazon doesn't allow you to set up a second account in that way. They only allow you to potentially have one Amazon account per brand. If you had another brand, that was different. Oh. But if it's the same brand... You're not allowed to have multiple seller accounts because in their perception, that leads to fraud. Right. Okay. control that. I was so, going to say, if it's a different company, you can set up another Amazon account, but you're using the same brand and that brand yes. is already registered to your other company. And Correct. then you would potentially be violating the rules of like listing the same brand under multiple companies. And so that would get you into trouble. Correct. 
So what you're hoping is going to happen is when everything catches up and all of the accounts get checked, which isn't going to be till like the probably March, you know, when everything is like, you know, I'm okay, hoping we, it's 2022 actually, but anyway, keep <laughs> continue. <laughs> you know, so in that case, what's going to be really interesting is, um, is that when you, what you're hoping is when they connect the dots, you're able to say, no problem. I already have this other company. I just need to, for these countries, I need to transfer the brand to this company. Right. Yes. And because I'm not going to break the rules. Right. And, you know, so right. it, it should be fine once everything. And then in the meantime, you're able to move your inventory and deal with the warehouses and stuff because you have your new company in the EU right. and you're able yeah. to say, okay, this is this company. So I'm going to ship my stuff to you over here under this company. And then in the UK, you're dealing with this over here. Right. So it's almost like Brexit is also happening for all of these companies because they're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to hang out over here and we're, we're going to be a British company. And then all of our other business happenings have to be separate companies somewhere else. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, it doesn't seem so bad, but it seems like, you know, there's a lot of implication that implications that come along with this. And it's good that we've had this conversation today just to get people really thinking about it. I think there are a lot of people that are considering Europe and they're wondering, you know, what does this whole Brexit thing mean? Is the UK still the best place to set up a business when I start there? Is it still the launch pad? The answer is no. It's not the launch pad anymore, but do your research. If the UK still seems like a really great place for you to sell your products, you're going to want to set up a UK based company. And if the, if the rest of Europe is a really great place for you to sell your products, you're going to want to set up a European based company. You can be a digital citizen in Estonia, right? And you can sell to all of those places. Um, but it's separate now it's, UK, the rest of Europe. And right. that we need to be thinking about that that way. It's almost like, um, you know, if I want to sell on Amazon Australia, I need to look into what's required for that. And it would be like New Zealand being completely separate, you know, like, exactly. you know, it's right there, but I still need to look into New yeah. Zealand's requirements. And so that it's really interesting the way that yeah. this whole thing is going to work. And also what you said about, you know, how Amazon is going to handle it because that was the hub, right? That was where everything got set yeah. up. And now yeah, it's the like... European headquarters is in the UK. Um, uh, well, really? part, the, well, the tax, uh, the tax dodging part, I shouldn't use those words. This is going on the internet. <laughs> the tax avoidance it's already there. part um, <laughs> is in Luxembourg so that yeah. they are in a, uh, relatively good position tax-wise. Uh, mm -hmm. But yes, if essentially their European headquarters has uh, been built in the UK. Uh, they obviously have teams of people in all the countries, but, um, it, and, and they, you know, they use their teams in Germany to design certain things and in France to participate on a pan-EU level of designing certain programs. Um, but a yeah, a lot of it is still quite UK based. So the only other thing, you know, that I would add is 
you if you think you've got a really great product that is selling amazingly well in the US, you probably have a great product that will sell well in Europe too. And uh, I mean, with one of my brands, Europe is nothing. I really only sell in the UK and America. So it's a very Anglo-Saxon type product. I would probably do well in Canada or Australia or New Zealand, but it doesn't appeal to the Europeans for whatever reason. My other brand, um, 25% of my turnover is in the UK and the other 25% is in the rest of Europe, mainly Germany, France and Italy. Um, and then obviously the other 50% is in America. So I actually cannot afford, uh, as I sit here today, to lose those great big chunks of my turnover, which is why I've had to figure out what to do. Um, right. I, I just don't feel I want to take a quarter of my business and cut it off. Um, it <laughs> doesn't seem doesn't seem right. Um, doesn't seem like a reasonable option. <laughs> No, and, and actually the cost of setting up the Estonian company has been really minimal. I mean, I'm talking probably less than $500. Um, and, and that's with my digital citizenship and everything. And the other lovely thing actually about Estonian companies is if you don't take the money out of the country, like if you continue to cycle it back into the business, you don't pay any taxes on your profits. Wow, very nice. Okay, well, I'll definitely have to look into that because I, Europe is one of the places that I would like to expand. I'm mastering North America first. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to make sure that I'm, you know, utilizing yeah. my channels here. But that is one of the places that I really would like to expand. So, um, well, Shelly, thank you so much today for providing all of this information for helping us somewhat understand this mess that we're getting into here with this uh, Brexit situation. And what is the best way? So I already put out there for everyone that if you want to check out what Shelly and her team at Scale for Etail have going on, I've already put the link. Those of you who are in the Amazing at Home group, you always see, I always tag Shelly and stuff. If anyone says anything about <laughs> European selling, I'm like, Shelly, send me. So... <laughs> Um, so, you know, she's a great resource to have. Um, so scaleforetail.com, you can go there and check that out. But Shelly, where else would you like people to get in contact with you with any questions about what we've talked about today or um, anything? You can email me. It's Shelly at scaleforetail.com. I try to keep it super simple. You can go to the Scale for Retail Amazon seller group as well. It's called Scale for Retail Amazon Seller Meetups. You can tell I didn't actually come up with that very long title. <laughs> um, so if you can if you can spell it and find us, that that's a great place. And and actually, you can just pose you know your questions in the group, and everyone jumps in and answers. It's a, it's a really active, friendly group from that perspective. Um, uh, and the other thing I was just going to say is that any if anyone is considering coming into the UK but you're or or Europe for that matter but you're a little bit worried about how to do it it seems very complicated it seems quite full of bureaucracy which frankly it is a little 
Um, you're, you're welcome to come into the group and find a partner and just partner with somebody else who's already doing it, who's already got the account, uh, come to some sort of agreement with them and they will help you potentially work out what your success level is going to be in maybe some of those other countries. It's really not such a bad way uh, to get started and, and test things out for the first 12 months. Um, I mean, obviously, it'll affect how much you take home because you've got to share something, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find kind of partnerships uh, that will help but you reach. In my mind, it's better to dip your toe with the distribution partner that you can eventually right. then make a more informed decision about like, okay, yes, this is working well. My sales yeah. are going very well. I'm going to go ahead now and go, yeah. go it alone. But, you know, it's really great for, to have a distribution partner that already has all the logistics figured out and all of the taxes and everything else. Right. Um, and, you know, it's the same thing if you were to sell your products wholesale, right. you know, you're, you're going to be taking less of, uh, you know, well, and, you know, Amazon fees anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it all works out in the end. It's a way to dip your toe. It's a way to kind of discover yeah. things. So I think that's a wonderful option and a wonderful invitation um so awesome well thank you so much shelly for being thank here with you. us thank you for helping us navigate this really confusing thing um, <laughs> and yeah i i'm not sure that i've understood it from the beginning and i've lived in europe and i still you know whatever so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that i'm glad that somebody like you who has some more experience in the area can help us navigate it all right, everyone, thank you so much for being here today for this Seller Roundtable Extra. Um, reach out to us anytime, continue your rating and reviews, and join us later today. We're going to have Joe Reichsfeld on the show, and we're going to be talking about, oh my gosh, I don't even know, like just sent me a whole list of amazing things that I want to learn from him because he's just really good at everything. So, <laughs> so you guys know how I do. I steal all the secrets, and you know, we're going to, we're going to, probe Joe a little bit this afternoon. So, all right, everyone, thank you again for watching and we'll see you next time on the Seller Roundtable. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.